Welcome to Big Innings, America's Cricket Show. Coming up, we have USA Cricket's women's team captain, Sindhu Sriharsha. But first, let's talk about some news. Popular YouTube channel, Robalinda 2, has been taken down thanks to copyright claims made by Maharba Cricket India Limited. Fans of what is probably YouTube's greatest archive of cricket footage have justifiably been enraged, and the company's website has now been hacked with a message demanding that the channel be restored within 72 hours or else quote we will find you then locate you and then destroy you and finally make you restore robalinda 2 so uh Amen, this is a youtube channel that's come in very handy to people who are who are new to the game and people who want to honor the game's past and, and enjoy some old footage because it's hard to find cricket footage any other way it is very hard to find nate it feels like this is almost a week too late the news because if this was last week it fits right in with our halloween kind of segment right like we'll make we'll find you and make you restore but i guess um you know cricket fans we love our cricket and you're right it's hard to find old youtube footage you know what we're talking about even if you're trying to go back to like 2015 like there aren't you know game highlights on there so you have very few and far in between places where um you have cricket highlights and again you know in the modern era of phones and the internet you can find some stuff. And even then we struggle finding full game highlights. Like they just don't exist. So um, Robolinda 2 was a great uh, way to do it. And hopefully we can get Robolinda 2 back. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But, you know, again, it's a great way to say, hey, you know, here's the game of history in 15 minutes. Uh, here's something really cool where, you know, we're watching Wahab Rias or watching this old test match that no one else has really seen in a long time. So there's a lot of cool things that Robolinda 2 did. It, it's going to be missed. There's no way around it. Well, I'm trying to get Rob Moody, the owner of Robolinda 2, to to uh, to do a emerging cricket podcast, which would be great to hear his side of things. Awesome. This is not the first time that that the existence of Robolinda 2 has come into question. Uh, so hopefully the ICC uh, step up to bat for him, so to speak, and get the site back. But we'll we'll see what happens. There are so many cricket fans out there. He didn't even monetize the the channel. You know, so he wasn't making any money off of this. But there's so many cricket out fans out there with that when his channel got shut down, I just knew something like this was gonna happen. I knew somebody was gonna hack something. I, I do like that we will find you and then we will locate you. Um, which is and they're gonna we... they're gonna double find the guy, these guys. And Dude, they... they're gonna find him on the GPS and then they're gonna find him on another GPS. They're gonna they're gonna make sure it's mission impossible over here, and they gotta confirm, you know, this is dead reckoning but with higher stakes. I don't really want to share the site because I don't want people going to giving these people any traffic, <laughs> but it's funny. It, it's pretty funny. The difficulty of sharing and showing cricket content has led to Cricket for Americans kind of going on an indefinite hi hiatus. They, they said one of the reasons they stopped making cricket content was because it was hard to find videos. They were afraid that the channel was going to get taken down all the time. They didn't want to only do reaction videos. They wanted to talk about cricket and showcase cricket. And it just got too difficult for them. And, and I absolutely know from the content we've tried to make ourselves, you know, um, absolutely. we've already had one claim against us on our on our Big Innings YouTube channel. So for yeah. everybody should check that out. Big Innings. Give us that type of support. <laughs> we'll if you if we get that type of support, you can hack hack people on our behalf, too. Um, so but but yeah, <laughs> we were very lucky to that uh, Major League just let us have you know, the footage, you know, but when we try Absolutely. to do something else, when we try to do like anything with the India content, like I've had some things taken down when I try to post something. So like, it's hard to make cricket content and keep have it kept up. So um, this is a constant battle. And we'll see what what comes of it.
Yeah, you're right, though. We are very lucky that Major League Cricket allows us to use uh, their content in a very limited way. I should I should emphasize cricket's just far behind in this. NBA is very famous for letting people use their content, share it, sharing it, growing the game around the world, doing the hard work for them. They're taking advantage of social media and things like this, and I wish cricket would do a better job of it. But let's let's see. You know, cricket's a little bit slow on a lot of things. Um, this is definitely one of the famous slow slow things. Moving on, the Dane Pete watch. Dane took five wickets in the second innings of iTech Knights' victory over Limpo. The Knights won by an innings and 118 runs and faced Northern Cape this coming Thursday as they continue their campaign to try and climb back into the first division of the new promotion and relegation system that South Africa have rolled out. So how about that? Dane goes out there, takes five wickets in the second innings. Uh, great, great start for him. Back like he never left, right? I mean, the first innings, I think, had us all a little scared. It's like, oh, well, our ball cricket's a little different. But, you know, he found his footing, and we we knew Dane was going to find his way amongst the wickets. It didn't take long for him to figure things out. Very smart, very crafty, and has all the skills. So, um, again, there's a reason he's played test cricket. And I don't think his success is going to surprise any of us here in the USA. Some folks maybe back in South Africa who are like, oh, well, he retired and there's a reason he had to. No, like this kid, this guy can still play and there's no, there's no way around it. He's back home. He's enjoying conditions. And again, here's to many more five wicket hauls for you, Dane. I, you know, I pulled a page out of Nate's playbook. I texted him as the game was going on. So, uh, you know, I felt good about that. But yeah, you know, good for Dane and, uh, you know, looking forward to more five wicket hauls from Dane P. And just in case the ICC is listening, we text him during the games, but he doesn't reply. He does not text us back. Yes, yes, yes. Does not. I got my text back this morning. So this game was like a, a day and a half ago. So this right. is, uh, no, the, he does not text us back. <laughs> Moving along, USA Cricket announced their AGM set for this Saturday, November 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern time via Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We encourage members of USA Cricket and media to submit questions by Friday as USA Cricket won't be accepting questions. There's no dumb questions in this because you can't anticipate what they're going to say. Um, go go out there and ask them, make them answer questions. It doesn't hurt anybody. Even USA Cricket doesn't hurt them to have to answer another question. It just it makes it makes them have to go through more processes. It makes you know everyone else a little bit more clear on what the objectives are in a country that Cricket's on the up. And this is a kind of a fragile time almost because you feel like we're starting to trend in the right direction and the Olympics are on its way. The World Cup is on its way in a year. We just had Major League Cricket launch. This, there's an opportunity where we can really do some good things, but we know with cricket in, in this country that we can do a lot of bad things along the way too. So this is an opportunity to keep things moving in the right direction. Ask your questions, bring up your concerns because that's the only way we keep things moving. Without any further ado, let's get right into Sindhu. Joining us this week is USA Women's Captain Sindhu Sriharsha, women's team member since 2015, formerly India U21 player. Sindhu, thank you for joining Amon and myself. You know, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nate and Amon. Thank you so much for inviting me. Looking forward to having a good conversation here. You know, you've been a part of such so many great things in this wonderful transition uh, that the women's game has gone through recently over the last few years. One of those being obviously fair break the U.S. women's team, the emergence of the U.S. U19 team, uh, which which you've also helped out with. Recently, we saw a photograph of yourself, Umza, Ani, and Erica Rendler uh, with uh, Danny Rose, who plays field hockey for UCAL. Um, and, you know, you guys went and watched the game. Obviously, uh, Erica Rendler used to play for UCAL field hockey. 
But uh, for those who don't know, Danny Rhodes is Jaunty Rhodes' daughter. So you you ladies got together and got to go watch her play. How was that? It was amazing. I mean, all the credit should definitely go to Erica Rendler. Um, she reached out to us. I, I, she follows. She goes back and wa- watches a lot of Berkeley and goes supports them. And she follows them um, very you know, religiously. Um, she happened to meet uh, Danny there and she reached out to Uzma and me if, if we were interested. And that was the last seasonal game for the Bears. Just reached out and asked if you would be interested in just coming in watching Danny Rhodes. And we just jumped at that an opportunity. I mean, um, it's a good way to go support um, another woman's sport and somebody who's playing in our own you know, city to just go support them and see and also meet you know Danny Rhodes and just you know kind of uh, j- just get acquainted to it um it was an amazing game uh, she's an amazing athlete uh, just realized how that was my actually first time watching field hockey live so just realized what it takes and the athleticism that's required in that game and it's not stop running for you know 45 minutes it's just unbelievable and uh, seeing that you know just made us realize that you know women's sports uh, what it takes for women to be competing at that level. Um, and I don't know about here in North Carolina because I didn't go to high school here, but in Maryland on the Eastern Shore where I did go to high school, field hockey was really big. Women's field hockey was really big. My my sister actually won the state championship of Maryland in high school in field hockey. So I love the sport. It's a great sport to watch. Amin, have you gotten to see much of that sport? Oh, absolutely. Out here at UNC Chapel Hill, we're the reigning national champions. Uh, we oh, just won the right. ACC championship this weekend. Uh, so I, we had the head coach in studio th- this morning. I mean, field hockey is a big deal. So it's it, it's really cool to see live. The first time you hear about it, you're like, okay, it's, it, it looks kind of weird on TV. Go in there and then you you see what they're doing. It's like, holy smokes. So this this is real stuff. Um, if anyone didn't watch SportsCenter, the top play on it this past weekend was a field hockey goal. It was Riley Heck, UNC uh, forward. She did a little air dribble with the ball uh, and then scored off an air dribble. It was kind of cool. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out. It's the number one player on Sports Center. Yeah, it's a hardcore sport. And I, I had I had heard of field hockey. I mean, of course, you know, I come from India, which is supposed to be a national sport, supposed to be field hockey. But of course, you know, cricket kind of takes over in India and we all know that. So um, it was amazing that I got to witnesses and and witness of women, you know, playing and I think girls playing. It was just amazing. And a lot, uh, a lot of them had turned out mostly uh, just like how it happens in our sport. It was mostly family and friends who had turned out, but yeah, a lot of support for the Bears, and they they actually have been doing really well. And the coach um, apparently has been coaching the uh, team for 20-plus years, it, the same coach that Erica um, had worked with as well. So it was pretty, you know, it was nice to meet the coach, the team, and Danny there. Yeah, that that's awesome stuff. You know, it, it is a very exciting sport. And one of the similarities between field hockey and, and cricket, well, there are there are a few similarities. Every sport, you can find them. But uh, one of them is the importance of the of the playing surface. You know, with field hockey, it really helps to have either really short trimmed grass or or astro because that ball has to be able to fly, just like in in uh, in cricket, the outfield has to be really really short. Um, ideally, now we we know what American conditions tend to be; <laughs> they tend to be the opposite of really short. Watch a field hockey match on thick grass; you don't get the same effect as when you watch it on on, on something short. Yeah, definitely not. And that's something that I was discussing with Erica and she said uh, that during their days they were playing, especially the practice sessions were on the grass and it did not give them enough. But when we went out today and we when we watched them last week uh, or a few weeks back, 
it is the AstroTurf. They converted a parking lot uh, and made it into the home field for the bears, for the women bears. So uh, uh, apparently that's something that's new. Erica did not have that facilities, but you know, it shows that the game has grown with Berkeley as well and Berkeley investing on. You know, there's a lot made about how, how cricket can appeal to athletes from outside of the game of cricket to get to get more women playing the game of cricket from other sports. And sometimes this is semi-controversial and I, I don't understand why. The, the idea is you should always want to encourage more people to play the game. And when you go find athletes, especially in the women's in women's sports, when you find women that are already playing other sports, it, it shows that basically that they're interested in playing sports, that they enjoy sports. And so you can appeal to athletes i think um from any sport to 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 play any other sport and and it it just makes a ton of sense we need so many more women here in the usa playing sports i think that this is an incredibly important met metric that, that really goes uh you can't talk about it enough to be honest we don't talk we don't talk about it enough it's it's not necessarily that the athletes outside of cricket will make better cricketers it's that we need more cricketers and people who play sports they they enjoy playing sports so why not try to appeal to them so i think it's cool that that you ladies are are doing what you're doing by talking to people outside of the game uh and, and trying to appeal to people you know and, and, and getting rubbing elbows with people and getting to know them and getting your faces out there yeah i mean what i would like to add here is what we have a hard time talking to the uh, athletes from other sport is what do we provide in terms of structure and what do we provide in terms of like what's their domestic pathway and what what do they do yeah we can do one-off free clinics and that's what we've been doing with aspire trying to go and you know introduce cricket into sport into schools and doing one-off in the community that it is in cricket but we see the enthusiasm from those uh, kids but then what next so we we are failing to give them what that definition of what next you know is. Um, we are all working professionals, like I said, with Aspire, the four of us, that we are all working professionals. We can only dedicate as much time and we travel around and try to provide these free clinics, but uh, we cannot be there over and over every weekend to do this. So if we are able to provide that what next kind of looks like and give them the structure, and then you know that's how we'll be retaining those players to come back uh, and keep coming back. Like for example, we did a, a free clinic in Compton, um, in Compton, LA. Um, we met a group of uh, Latino soccer team in that community um, they just uh, they play soccer throughout the year and during the summer there is I, I believe there's no I can't believe it's I, I can't remember if it's winter or summer one of the seasons there's an off season so the kids wanted an introduction to new sport it's a soccer club we went in uh, and I did a free clinic with them they loved the sport they decided they signed up to do a full three months program. We provided the program to them. They already had a boys, uh, boys um, Compton team. They joined with the boys Compton team. The coach took over the girls team. They continued, did a three months program with us. Um, of course, we weren't there doing it on a day-to-day -day basis, but the, we provided them a program to you know continue using them. They loved it. At the end of it, we got them to come over to San Francisco. Some of them were first time 
uh, actually going anywhere outside of Compton, their own city, or their even own their community, and they were they were sitting in the bus for the some uh, for the first time to come out to San Francisco. We provided two day tournament to them. Just they just came, played with us. They had fun, and you know we even showed them San Francisco. And this is kids at the age of 15, 16, and 17. And they went back and today two of those Compton uh, players got a full scholarship from the public, you know, uh, from the you know, university or the city council because of their involvement in a new sport. Wow, that's so really I, good. Yeah, I can actually send you guys, send you all that um, article that should have been come out from the Compton City Council. So I'll send you, send you all out that, but Imagine the impact that we were able to make with just one free clinic that, you know, we were going to San Diego for a high performance camp in April when uh, Julia Price was here. We were doing a high performance camp. We happened to have contact with this Compton club. Um, and then we just happened to stop out there, did a two hour session with them. They loved it. We just followed up, gave them a program, which they followed. Then they came over here in Marine County, had fun. So the impact of that, the kids today just keep calling us and asking us, hey, what next with cricket? Can you involve me? But again, what next? You know, that's that's where we've been lacking a little bit. You know, I want to put up our hand and also say as I aspire, we want to be able to do more, but it's just that all of us are still playing professional, uh, you know, professionally still playing cricket. Also, you know, we have our own jobs. I have a family. So we try to bring all of the things together do as much as possible, but we are definitely not uh, doing enough to retain these players and retain that enthusiasm. Sindhu, you mentioned like a structure and a further pathway. Do you like we've seen minor league kind of had this junior championship for you know women cricketers and uh, you know boys cricketers who kind of come in. And then we've seen minor league cricket help some of the young players get involved with some of the better players across the country. Do you hope to see kind of something like that for specifically women or women kind of integrated into minor league and provide that as a structure almost where you say, Hey, here's what's next for you guys. Is that kind of what you want, or is there something different you mean in terms of structure and a pathway forward? I I wouldn't mind if you're having to you know, partner with minor league or major league to make this happen. It's, it's all we're asking about is, you know, to give us more games and more structure and women playing women, girls playing girls. I mean, as much as we all want to say, the junior uh, minor league that happens, I know the under 15 girls go and actually participate in this under 15 junior minor league, you know, championships, but that is not, that's not the same as playing girls versus girls or, you know, playing right. the same opposite. It's completely different, you know, as much as we all want to say that, hey, cricket is the same, but it isn't, you know, uh, when we go out there, what we face out in the ICC championships, when we go to global tournaments, it's different to what we've been doing uh, in locally itself. Yes, uh, I think they do a good job in giving us a number of games for these, uh, you know, for these girls to keep them going throughout the year. But we definitely need to bring in a culture or kind of a structure for girls to play girls. And that's so important. And that's illustrated. I don't know if there's a better illustration for that than uh, when, when Gitika Kodali moved here um, across the country from California. And she wanted to play with a women's program. She wanted to play with other girls. And there was more of that here at the time. That was one of the biggest reasons she came. And also, you know, the, some of the local coaching was, uh, was uh, you know, attractive to her. But, but really, there are many reasons I don't think people 
understand why it's important for girls to play with girls. And um, obviously there's the social aspects of that, which everyone can understand immediately. But there's also um, differences in when you're a girl, for example, Gitika also plays on a lot of men's teams around here. And, you know, when you're playing on men's teams or you, you need to you need to be playing in your role. Is, is one of the most important things. You can't just be there as a token player. You know, you can't just be there as, as a person, you know, you can't be an opener batting at number six or number seven every single game. You know, you can't be an a, a opening bowler and bowling, you know, second change. The ball's a little bit smaller too. Yeah, the conditions are different. The rules are different. They have yeah. five feet outside. And uh, there's so many things that we can keep you know, discussing about this, right? And that is why we have all of these local tournaments that some of the um, parents have been able to put together uh, like the St. Louis Open that we uh, play women's every year, or the Atlanta Open, or you know a few in New York as well. And you know these tournaments kind of get us together. Houston Open that happens every year in March. So these tournaments are is what keeping us alive. This is what we look up to. Look at you know other than the intra-regionals, which is really comes down to two months a year. But what what next for the rest of the girls and 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 what what do we do or women is to try and go play these tournaments to play each other get that you know get to know players we have a lot more fun when we play girls versus girls than you know being part of just two girls in a fifteen member in a boys team the opportunities given are different um, the social aspect of it is different. At the end of the day, um, I say we play cricket as sport. I know we all want to compete, do the best we want on the field, but we're building relationships. We're building memories and we want to give the right things in, you know, right memories to look us forward. What I remember the most when I am sitting here today after two months, a month and a half of ICC Americas, you know, when we won and we came back, I'm not sitting and thinking about the, the boundary that I got or the catch I took. But I'm talking about as a team, how did we mingle? And you know, that's that's the memory, that's the bond that we talk about. Even today, when we message each other, we're all talking about, hey, that ice cream that we had out there was amazing. So those those things, that's the memory that we're building, and that is what we want. You know, these kids to take it forward. As right. much as competitive we want to be, they want to be the best batter in this, you know, in this world. But you know, this is the memories that's like that forms forms their foundation. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, all of that stuff factors into why it's important to get women and girls playing with women and girls. And, you know, another thing that you can appreciate as a leader, uh, you've had a leadership position for a while now. Um, but if you don't have other women's and girls teams and, and competitions to play in, and you're just going from finding a, a men's team to join to being the leader of your, uh, of your national team, or, or even being a leader of, of a camp, for example, when you're the captain or the leader of a camp, you have to make sure that people are getting the chances that they need. And sometimes that's at your own expense. And then when you're going out and trying to play on a men's team, you know, things are going to happen at your expense. And mm -hmm. when you when you can play on a women's and girls team and you can appreciate this for the younger leaders, the the, 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 the Gitikas who are coming up in, in leadership positions, uh, they finally are in a position where they can play you know, the team re relies on them. They, they, they don't necessarily have to look out for someone else all the time. You know, they, they actually have a, a, an important job to do where the team de depends on them on the field in their performances. When you have these situations where you're actually, you know, instead of just leaping into international cricket, where all of a sudden everything's, you have to live up to your role, but now you can feel that role out 
because you're playing with other women and girls and you can get used to and this is another thing with youth players too of any of any age or, or gender um youth players a lot of times their parents will want to play them up they'll want to play oh a 12 year old they want to bat a 12 year old in the u17s or something like that and that player doesn't get used to dominating they don't get used to the fact that that they are going to be relied on to score 50s and hundreds you know they're you know, so you have to play amongst your peers. It's so important for, for a player to establish their role in this, feel the, feel out their way by playing amongst their peers. Yeah, and to that point, I definitely want to add that USA Cricket, when, when we actually came up with the intra-regionals, regionals, and now the nationals, and with the under-19s coming into the picture, what we've tried to do is build that leadership in a, around uh, giving all of these girls more opportunities to um, to lead a team at an inter- intra-regional stage, like, you know, giving, bringing new leaders into the scene, like Isani, Isani Vakela was the vice captain for the National West team when we were, when we played in the National this year. She captained an intra-regional team for the first time ever that, you know, we gave her an opportunity there to, you know, showcase her leadership skills. Or, you know, even with Aditi now being the captain for the 19 Nationals, Disha coming in, Pooja Shah as a vice captain. So we are trying to build that, right? We want to build as much, uh, you know, bench strength in the sense of the next leader. And we want to be able to identify that, you know, um, I do understand, you know, I might be towards the end of it. I don't know what's the end for me, but at, at the end, you know, I do want to be able to give my leadership, uh, you know, pass on my knowledge and, you know, leave the the next leader to be able to perform at a level that, you know, we've set it up for success. So I think with that in mind, I think USA Cricket and the selectors have done a really good job from last year to this year to kind of build those little, for those girls and even giving Ritu an opportunity in the under-19 East, to, you know, with Geets, you know, being her mentor. So that's like, we are trying to do the best we can. Uh, but like you said, we have to give them more, uh, not just, you know, uh, what we've been able to give so far. It's about more and more and more opportunities. And that's a good segue into you mentioned you don't know how much longer your career is going to be. Um, don't go anywhere yet, please. The team definitely <laughs> needs you right now. <laughs> but when you do move on, um, you seem to be a natural uh, as a coach and we are interested, we are curious in how your aspirations are. What are your aspirations as, as a coach in the future? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going anywhere soon. Uh, I do think um, physically I'm able to still perform and compete at this level. So I'm here for at least a few more years. I I want to be able to be here for a few more years. Uh, but like you mentioned, yes, um, I want to make an impact. I've, I've been the mentors for these kids since I've seen them since they're nine and 10 years old, been around since then. Um, what gives me the joy is when I'm with them on the field out there and being able to make an impact that way. So I know uh, somewhere down the line, what gives me happiness is being on the field and, you know, sweating it out with them. So, and what can I do when I'm retired? Uh, Maybe coaching is what uh, I would love to do. I've done my level one course now. 
wanting to do my level two this year as well. So I'm looking forward to that course when it happens with USA Cricket. I know there are a couple of them might be coming up uh, this year by the end of this year. So I'm just looking forward to that. Um, doing my courses is not, it's just setting that foundation, which uh, does not mean that it automatically qualifies me to be able to coach these kids. I know I have to put in a lot of more effort and time, in, time and commitment into coaching locally first with the girls and being able to be there which I do unofficially right now but in an official manner to be able to do that um, something that I look forward to and I do think that's where my heart is you know if I when if and when I stop playing cricket. Amin and I have speculated in the past that that you would make an excellent coach and and you know one of the difficulties coaching any any associate nation or any any nation really is you have to feel out the the infrastructure you have to feel out the culture and you you are already immersed in this culture in USA cricket you understand the challenges very well you know the fact that you are able to do the things you've done so far with aspire and actually get players get get uh, girls to keep playing is it's really impressive it's a hard thing to do as you said there's so many rungs on the ladder missing so you understand that already so so to me it seems like a, a natural fit and um we have so many we have a lot of really cool things showing up uh domestically that that women can kind of shoot for um with the olympics announced uh and it looks like we're going to have probably three cycles of olympics with with cricket in them and this seems like a great opportunity for usa to really invest in the women's game it seems like a good reason to really invest in the in the women's game here how is that exciting to you Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I've always said a true athlete is when they play in Olympic sport. And I look at Olympic athletes and look at them like they're superhumans, you know, uh, in a, when to compare ourselves to be able to even step uh, inside Olympics and be called as Olympic athletes, any cricketers, when I say any cricketers, be it uh, whoever is going to qualify to play that. It's a dream come true for that uh, an athlete because it is in a pinnacle of an athlete's life, you know. So um, it's amazing to see what opportunity lies for these kids, you know, and see what they can do in the five years, which also gives us an opportunity here uh, to enter into schools and colleges and you know market our market the sport as an olympic sport which you know which could give us an opportunity to enter into ncaa which would give the scholarship for these kids which gives them a lot more and how we can retain uh some of uh, some of our cricketers today i know many of them um a couple of them are having to take a break with their college and being able to come you know because they they want the freedom of being able to play cricket some of them choosing to go away to in community uh, community college just because that gives them more opportunity to play cricket. They're more flexible. So I think we, um, as USA Cricket, I think we definitely have to come up with some kind of a plan on to how to retain these kids. Yes, we've done a very good job in increasing the number of players at the age group level in the under 19, under 16, under 15. We see a lot of kids. I see kids at 12, 13 years old, you know, in the camps over here, you know, coming up. But what's our plan to retain them? Um, for example, Bhumika couldn't come to the Americas because of her commitment with college. So yeah. how, how, where do we, you know, how do we support them? What can we do better to kind of hold on to them? We've invested a lot on these kids, right? I mean, in terms yeah. of Bhumika, Isani, all of this under 19 plays, we've invested a lot. Yeah. What if tomorrow they decide to move on because of not giving them, them enough opportunity to retain here? 
and even in the best times, that's that's a difficult challenge. With the men's U nineteen, it was also a challenge. There were players who couldn't who couldn't participate, who can't participate in the U nineteen nationals because of school, because of college uh, conflicts. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I come from I came from India. I though I have a degree, I studied, and I was on a, as an athlete program. I never had to set foot in in the college. Uh, I have a degree today, but. You know, questionably, I have a degree today, but, you know, I'm doing fine, but <laughs> I'm having, you know, um, I'm working in a very big company, making, you know, enough to keep me going. But what I'm trying to say is, yes, you know, I was given that opportunity. Uh, I feel lucky that I had that opportunity, that programs to keep me going. I didn't have to think about having to think about my college of work until I was 21 years old or 22 when I decided, oh, I'm done with college now. What do I do? How do I get two more years of more cricket? So I went in and went into uh, an MBA program just so it could give me two more years of cricket. So I'm just saying that I had those opportunities, you know, it just kind of hurts me to see these kids having to make that decision, which I did not have. And if, if we can give them that, I know many of them just want to play cricket all their life. Absolutely. And, you know, giving those, those opportunities with different tournaments, different events, um, fair break almost came to USA. You are the defending champion uh, with the Warriors, the captain of that side. And, um, you know, we almost had fair break here. What do you think fair break coming to the USA could also do uh, for these women trying to play cricket? A lot of opportunities, right? The host, com- host country gets to have 12 players play in it. Uh, so that's the number one, you know, first thing that I would talk about is our girls getting a lot more opportunities to be able to rub shoulders with some of the greats. The things that I have learned playing in Fair Break is, you know, it's limitless. Like I, I can't express in words. I might fall short of it. Uh, being able to play and uh, have an innings with Phoebe Litchfield in Hong Kong and when I felt like we we both were in two different planets, you know, we I felt like, you know, she was in a different planet and then I was and having partnerships with Mignon, having partnerships with Haley Matthews, being able to work with Haley Matthews as her, you know, as my mentor, as my leadership mentor out there. It's it's amazing what you get out of this. Um, just being able to play in that co- tournament, be a professionally contracted player, which also gives you a little bit of hey, I get something back from cricket as well. So, uh, being treated as equal, as you know, being treated as fairly. So you know, I, I think you know, it's, there's limitless opportunities for the girls over here. What it also gives for the community is to see cricket at the highest level and see where their um, their kids can reach for somebody who's not there, but you know, a 12 year old or a 13 year old comes to the you know games, watches these big players, and us actually playing with them gives them kind of a hope and wanting to look forward to that. They can see mentors and which we kind of lack today, having that women mentors whom to look up to, to be able to see them in front of you. There's limitless opportunities, right? I, I just like feel like I can keep on going with this, but hopefully it comes over here next year, you know, crossing my fingers that everything comes right and you know we're able to have a fair break tournament over here. So Sindhu, I I know it would be great to have a fair break here. And we almost had it in Houston or Dallas, somewhere in Texas. Originally it was going to be a Houston. Um, but I, Amon, I think Amon, I think you'll agree with me that Morrisville would be the perfect place to have a fair break. There's no bias in in this uh, podcast at all. Just just to let you know, there's there's no bias. I've actually never played there. I would love to come and play in Morrisville. Like I've never come and played, well, and first, I've heard so much about it. 
LA was amazing this time when we played. LA playing in Woodley was also my first time. Um, and the grounds were amazing. They did a great job. Um, six games, really good um, pitch, which gave to both both bowlers and batters. I felt like there was something for both of them. So amazing. But I would, I've heard about Marsville. Would love to come out there someday, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, that's first things first. We got to get you out here playing at Church Street Park. Yeah, would love it. <laughs> Amin and I know about the, the community here, the, the women's community here. What other hubs in the USA really are, are starting to grow uh, with the women's game right now? I feel like the Southwest hub. Uh, that's something um, also because we play regionals uh, with the Southwest team. And from what they've come up from last uh, couple of years to this year, um, I think they've developed a lot um, with even with Puja Ganesh going over to the uh, the east this time, I think in you know, a southwest we're still um with look probably the fourth on the sheet, but I think they've developed a lot from the last couple of years. Um, they do I do know they have been uh, reaching out to have some kind of sessions with them through Aspire to be able to help them a lot more. Um, but I feel like the youngsters out there definitely have a lot more potential. Yeah, and some of the some of the youngsters around the country are, are starting to get you know a little bit of recognition um, outside of just the American cricket cir- uh, circles. Anika Kolem, she was on the LA video, which is That's pretty right. awesome. Uh, the Olympics video that that was cool for me to see. And what was your reaction to seeing that kind of get posted out there? It was amazing. I do know they were actually, I think, working on this when they were in South Africa uh really? at the 19 world cup and i'd heard about it and i didn't know to what extent i don't think even anika herself knew when everything came together that's how it would look like because i remember she saying they just asked me to say a sentence here a sentence there but i think when it all came together i mean that's uh that's that's the quality we're all talking about here right and icc being involved trying to promote the women's game it was ama- amazing to see that and Seeing that an USA player being part of such a big, you know, uh, promotion, I think it's it's great for our girls to see that and see where USA cricket falls in the entire community of cricket, uh, in all over the world. Um, so just it was it was a really good video. It was very impactful. <laughs> yeah, Anika did a great job on that. That was I I remember sharing that with a few different people. Just the simplicity of the video uh, was pretty cool, and you know, uh, I look forward to more more things like that spreading spreading the game of cricket you know into into in in new ways you know exciting exciting things out there you know it's fun to watch the game grow so much in the usa the women's game and and like you said before the challenge is keeping uh women and girls playing the game uh in this day and age it's difficult uh there's a lot of competition for for you know a lot of the grounds in the usa are shared um by different leagues or even shared across sports and so it's it, it's difficult infrastructure's always been the biggest challenge you know like you said that over in woodley you you had great conditions out there i i do enjoy watching uh games there because because things seem seem pretty even but we need more we need more church street parks around the world around the country you know yeah i agree definitely agree and i think uh some of us when we first when we go to an icc tournament is when we're playing turf for the first time uh or and of playing turf after six months or so because we do not have those facilities around in the Bay Area at least. You know, there are a few grounds, but of course, like you said, it's always taken by an MLC or an MILC tournaments that's going on. So 
not a first choice for women's cricket uh, at most times. Uh, but you know that's that's what it is. It's um cannot be playing the blame part here. But I would say increasing the number of you know facilities will definitely give everybody more opportunities um, rather than having to fight for one or two uh, you know in the city. They have six different turf grounds in Woodley, and we were able to use at least three or four of them. It was amazing. Um, they've kept it uh, really well. Um, just look for looking forward to if we can build a lot more like that. You know, around the you know around the country, not just in Bay Area. We we were in this Discord. Uh, we've had a bunch of people who follow USA Cricket, and uh, Tim Lowell, he is a USA Cricket youth volunteer in the Houston area. And uh, he's just wondering, you know, women's sports is booming in the United States with the college volleyball and college softball. They're drawing record-breaking crowds. I'm not sure if you saw uh, that college volleyball game that, that had like 100,000 people in attendance out in the Midwest. They did in a football stadium. Um, and the professionalism in women's sports is, is growing rapidly. And women's cricket in the USA has a participation rate in the hundreds as the captain of the USA women's team. You know, we've talked about this kind of extensively, but you're working obviously with Aspire. Are you trying to work with any more programs? Would you be interested in working on programs to increase uh, increase USA women's career participation? And uh, yeah, yeah, put it. If you're already working on it, what are the things that you want to be doing uh, versus the things you are doing now to kind of get that to a higher level? Well, I think, like I said, I think one thing that I'm definitely looking forward to doing. I don't. I don't think we've done that enough is introduction of uh, cricket in schools um you know letting uh, kids play at the age of six and seven years old and that's how all of us picked up a, a sport right today um my uh, son uh, who's five years old has already uh, tested you know he's he's been in soccer two summer programs he has played t-ball he's been able to go to swimming and he has already tried out tennis as part of a local community kind of a livermore city tennis program which I found on the website and which I could put him up for like an eight weeks program you know and he's been able just five years old I've introduced him to five or six sport already and um, us being able to provide cricket at that age and making it available the way all the other sports are available that's probably the dream come true uh, I think that's something that we want to be focusing on trying to um, get into the city programs trying to put you know city recreational programs cricket there having programs in schools be it after uh, after school programs or even being part of the physical education you know um, have some pilot schools being able to pick up especially in local like bay area where there is a large community of asians where we'll be able to sell this a little bit more so i think that that's my dream being able to have that in schools and more kids playing like how i enjoyed playing on the streets i think you know introduce introducing that to the kids is what i look forward to and you made a good point there you're talking about it's easier to introduce this to the asian community and and parents at this age at the young age parents are you have to appeal to the parents you, you you just have to and and so it's it is much easier to appeal to parents who who know the game and who love the game to get their kids involved in the game than it is to teach the parents about the game in, in general and there are so many things about cricket that, that are tough for newcomers to adapt to one of them being you go up and you bat and you get out and then you sit you don't bat the rest of the day <laughs> and so it's you know, it's it's a tricky, it's a tricky, um, it's something that's un, unlike a lot of other sports. So it's it's easier to introduce it to to families who have some kind of cricket heritage. I I know that I have a program here, um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, with the city, and it's just a it's a free program for kids that 
it's just the introductory to to cricket. And anytime we get kids who have a background that maybe their gra- grandparents are from the Caribbean or or uh, their their parents are from India, those they tend to keep coming out more more regularly. And then they're the ones that continue it to the next level because the difficult thing is, yes, I'm introducing cricket to kids, but there is no public league here. There's no the city doesn't have a, a youth league. It's just the intro class. And so from there, it's the big leap to play for triangle to join triangle cricket league, a little bit expensive, probably. Um, but there are rungs yet left to fill after you introduce, but this is one of the reasons why it does help to get families who are familiar with the sport involved. Yeah. I mean, you make a very good point out there. I feel like cricket here is still kind of an academy based, uh, programs rather than city based and school based and, um, programs, which is not very, um inclusive i must say like you know there might be people not able to afford uh, academy yeah. program and city you know city programs are much more affordable i know Absolutely. because i send my kids so i know it's so much more affordable to send them off to a tennis four week program you know it's it's just we just need to make it more affordable and more fun and i feel like you know we tend to get too much into the books of cricket and at, at 7 9 or even 12 year old we want them to go out there have fun we, we're not trying to look for a perfect cover drive how can we make as coaches i think we need to start thinking about this in a different way you know did they have fun or do they want to come back tomorrow so those like those are the two things that should be it not that did they learn a great forward defense did they learn a great you know uh cover drive that's not that's not that shouldn't be not at this level but you know making it more fun and you know affordable inclusive and kind of available and I'm making it more available to the community itself yeah I couldn't agree with that more that's 100% my focus whenever I'm with the kids they're all new to the game I want them to like the game the best way to like the game is to play the game just go straight into a game they figure it out themselves then what happens when they start playing with each other and against each other then they want to beat each other and then you just have human nature takes over and then that's where the curiosity comes in yeah 100% agree yeah well, Sindhu, thank you for joining joining us this week. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Please, everybody, tune in to the U19 Nationals this coming week. I believe it's November 10th through the 12th. And also the AGM is the 11th. So take a break from the Women's Nationals to pay attention to the AGM and uh, then come back to the Women's Nationals. Yes, and it'll be a good competitive cricket for sure. Three T20s uh, between the West and the East, uh, 28 best under 19 cricketers um you know looking to go to the next world cup in 2025 in bangladesh so support uh, them as much as possible <laughs> and get a, get a preview of what our potential olympic teams might look like if we if we make the olympics in the future too so tune in there's a lot of exciting things to say right yes definitely i mean of course this is the you know the foundation and this is the group which will probably look forward to in the next five years playing the olympics you know you never know